Amen. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Christy. Good job this morning. Appreciate it. That what a day we are in today. We are in the 21st year of what happened on September 11th. And the further we get, the more everybody seems to want us to forget. Well, we need to remember that. We need to remember what was done. We need to remember what happened afterwards. And as a nation, we were more unified, I think, in a brief period of time than we have been forever. One of the things about that, though, it's kind of hard to do is to forget and to forget. That morning's message is actually called Letting Go. I'm not talking about letting go of the past. Because I think too much of that's being done today, especially to the schools, to a lot of things where we're trying to rewrite our past and rewrite the history. But I can tell you one thing that never changes, that is the Lord God Almighty. That is His living Word. Not the book that we have in the view. That is the living, active Word of God. And forgiveness is a difficult thing. You know, one thing uh, I kind of miss from time to time is children's time. I was asked to fill in for that in the past and another church we were at. And you never know what the kids are going to say right back to you. The pastor came down. He held up this ugly-looking shirt. You'll see this here on the screen. This isn't an actual shirt. But <clears throat> the pastor said, I wore this occasionally around the house. He explained to the children that someone said the, church, the shirt was ugly and should be thrown away. Now, what do you think about that? As every Hawaiian shirt ever made together. The pastor went on to say, kids, this really hurt me. I'm having trouble forgiving the person who said that. You think I should forgive them? Immediately, his six-year-old daughter, Alicia, raised her hand and said, yes, daddy, you should. He said, but why? They hurt my feelings. Which Alicia answered, because you're married to her. <laughs> so sometimes it's, it's difficult to forgive. Sometimes it's difficult to forget. But uh, as you turn in your Bibles, the scripture today is Matthew chapter 18, we're in verses 21 through 35. And as you're, as you're, as you're turning, you read a little bit to you. There's an amazing song by a Christian artist named Matthew West. And Matthew West was in this period of his time in his life. He was getting all these ideas and stories sent to him. Well, this lady absolutely hit a, hit a story, hit him between the eyes. This lady's name was Renee. She just lost her daughter to a drunk driver. And she was going around talking about, you know, you know, the first thing we want to do sometimes as a parent or as just a human being is vengeance. Or like, you know, we want we want to get even. God laid it on her heart to forgive this young man who killed her daughter. So she reached out to him, contacted him, said, I forgive you. They met, and she ended up leading him to Christ. And even helped reduce his sentence from 22 years to 11 years. Together today, he's out there traveling together. Look at, listen to the words of this before we read our, our, our message. It's the hardest thing to give away. The last thing on your mind today. It always goes to those who don't deserve. It's the opposite of how you feel. When the pain they cause is just too real, it takes everything you have just to say the word. Forgiveness. It's a very difficult thing for us to do. Let's stand, if you would, for the reading of God's Word this morning. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me, and I need to forgive him? 
as many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore the kingdom of God may be compared to a king who wished to settle an account with the servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. Step aside briefly. That is more than we would make in our lifetimes. That is a huge amount of money that time in today. And since he could not pay, verse 25, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children all he had and payments to be made. The servant fell on his knees and have patience with me, I will pay you everything. The master took pity on him <clears throat> and released him and forgave the debt. But when that same servant who was released went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred, very small amount, compared to the other. And seized him, began to choke him, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant pled down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, I will, I will pay you. But this man refused. And went and put in prison until he could pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And when they reported to the master all that had taken place, <clears throat> verse 32, his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave all that debt, <clears throat> and I had mercy on you. And should you not have mercy on your fellow servant? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he could pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to you every one if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Please be seated. Stop for a word of prayer as we continue. Dear Lord, we just are so grateful to you today, Father, joining us here. Father, we ask that you be with those that are away and traveling today, just uh, Pastor Russell and Heather, Father, just help them to enjoy this time with their family, be with Dan and Julie, Father, as they're back at uh, Brookline, Father, for the celebration that's going on today. And Father, just reach out today through the spoken word, Father, we thank you for the, the worship time that we've had, we thank you for the word and song. Father, be with us now, open our hearts to you and help us understand your word, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. When we have been wronged, what is our response? It's a very universal question. I've seen that question responded with revenge. Vengeance. Not just in other countries, but right here in the good old USA. Take five minutes to turn on the news and you will see an example of that happening. We've read of people being shot after an argument. The desire to get even seems to be part of the human psyche. So sometimes it's revenge. It's a little five-year-old boy was playing with his two-year-old brother, and the mom heard a scream. She goes in there, and the two-year-old is pulling on the five-year-old's hair. Some of you have had that voice. We have two. I know what that's like. Mom, what, what, what? Well, he's only two years old, and he doesn't know what it's like to have his hair pulled. So mom left the room, and then she heard the two-year-old screaming. She walks back in there, and... The five-year-old is pulling the two-year-old's hair. What are you doing? Well, you said he didn't know what it felt like, and now he does. <laughs> it's our human nature to want to get even. According to the teachings of Jesus, the response should be forgiveness. Letting go. The title of the sermon is Let It Go. There's three conditions. I can forgive if I understand what forgiveness is not. I can understand what forgiveness is, and I can forgive if I receive forgiveness. So the first thing is understanding what forgiveness is not. We talk a lot about forgiveness as Christians. I don't know a lot of times that we understand that. I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't mean to do that. Okay. 
I'll tell you what, one of the most disarming statements we can use as brothers and sisters in Christ if somebody who's done us wrong is the words, I forgive you. What is the comeback to that? I'm not saying use it out of spite, use it out of whatever, but forgiving the person who did you wrong, it's like wind out of the sails. Number one, forgetting is not forgiveness. People say, eh, forget about it. Trouble is we don't forget it. You, you do realize that God talks about, we'll talk more about this, that God will, when you ask for forgiveness, he buries in the depths of the sea as far as the east is from the west, etc. And to him it's no more. There's an amazing song Marlon and I used to sing together a long time ago. We've got the cassette track, but that tells you how far back that goes. It's called, What Sin? Question mark. Well, God, do you remember what sin? You already asked forgiveness for that. What sin? You know, we keep reliving and remembering those hurts over and over and over again. It's the human side of this that is very difficult to help people get along further. If you've forgiven that person, you need to forget that instead of the next time they did something like it or something wrong, and you bring that up again. But you said you forgave me for that. Well, yeah, I just want you to remember you did that before. If you forget it, let it go. That's the hard part for us as humans. So, the Bible doesn't talk about us forgetting. But a very difficult thing for a person you have forgiven is to remind them of what you forgive them for. Don't remind people what you forgive them for either. Uh, in Micah 7, 18-19, we're reminded that who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgressions for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not have to retain his anger forever, because he delights his steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. Here it is. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. And even Hebrews 8, 12 goes on to say, For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. What a God we have, and what a God we have the ability to serve. When you ask for forgiveness from a holy God, there's not this tapping on the shoulder. Ah, you remember you did that. No. God doesn't. You know that there's no scorebook in heaven. There's one book in heaven that we need to be most worried about. Don't worry about your good, your bad, your otherwise. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, if you follow what the Scripture says, that you believe that he was born of a virgin, that he was killed for all of our sins, that he rose again on the third day and is still alive today, your name will be written in a book, and that is the one book and the one writing that you need to worry about the most. The Lamb's Book of Life. That is the book in heaven. There's not this massive scorebook. So here we go now. Heaven is before the Holy Father. Here's the book. Here's all the bad things. Well, guess what? They better have a room full of supercomputers because there's a lot of bad things that we all do. And then there's good things. He doesn't keep this balance like you see of the scales of liberty and justice. Uh-uh. Once forgiven, always forgiven. So, you know, the other thing is acceptance is not forgiveness. We accept people for what they are. They are people made in the image of God. In fact, Genesis 9 6 says very clearly, God made man in his own image. Guys, you're not, you're not junk. Every one of us has specific characteristics. I was watching a cartoon with Kurt here a while back, and the one girl ran into the other girl, and it was almost like the Prince of the Popper story. Saw her twin or saw her doppelganger. Well, guess what? Fingerprints are different. The hair is different. 
you are an individual created by a holy God who cares about you. Not what other people are doing. He cares and loves you above all else. You know, there's people that God values highly. But sometimes, guys, we think of people a lot more, certain people, and a lot less of other people. And, you know, it goes back to that verse that says, don't judge, or you're going to be judged. How a person lives, where they live, what they wear, it's the heart. I have seen people in my lifetime that are absolutely, you you would look at their little two-bedroom house and you would say, oh, they just don't have a whole lot. There's more love in that home because I experienced that firsthand than a person has a right to even say about it. You don't know. Don't worry about it. It's not you to worry about. I need to accept someone even though they're different than I. We talked about dressing differently. You know, the, the first thing Jesus talks about is love. Jesus talks more about forgiveness. But I, can, I cannot and I will not accept one thing, the intentional wrongs that are done to me. But if we're hurt, we still need to forgive. How many times have you heard of the person that keeps everything buried and inside and inside and inside? And just it's like a volcano that erupts one day. Not good. Then you have the other person who I don't feel accepted. No one seems to like me. I'm different. And then you hear that horrible story, that headline on KY3 or Springfield Music or whatever that this young promising student took their own life because they truly felt that no one cared about them. And you know what? That is sad. In the communities that we live in, we should be supporting and loving on these kids. They're the next generation of our church right here, sitting over here right now. And they're facing a ton of things every single day that we don't have. These smartphones and phones and stuff. Most of you guys didn't have those things growing up. I remember going back and seeing the Beverly Hillbillies and the phone rings and just, you know, Mr. Grisdale picks up the phone in the car in the 1960s. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe, but not today. Three clicks on a cell phone and you got stuff you're not supposed to be seeing. <clears throat> the other thing is tolerance. A lot of times, you know, that person is just that way. I'm going to tolerate it. Well, there are a lot of things you can't, should not tolerate. You should not tolerate a person if you're in an abusive relationship. You can forgive them, but you don't tolerate it. You need to get out of that specific relationship. Go to counseling. Do not tolerate the abuse. Talk to your pastor. Talk to your deacons. Paul wrote Ephesians 41.32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgive you. That's a very difficult thing to do. We tolerate a lot of things these days. I think we're moving to a society of tolerance. You have to accept this. You have to tolerate that. You know what? It goes against the living word of God. Absolutely not. But it doesn't mean that you can't forgive the person. As I've been called all kinds of names. In and out of things. I've literally been in a situation with a customer to where I was chewed out for something that they thought our company did and it completely turned out to be another vendor, let alone us. And I stood there and I took it. And yeah, I was was a little angry. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to sit there and go, Teflon. But the look on his face when the lady walked in and said, oh, uh, I heard you. By the way, that's not them. 
has noticed the fire and the look on his face. What I should have said at that point in time was, I forgive you, but I just said, it's all right. It's no big deal. deal mistakes are made. You move forward in the relationship. <clears throat> Forgiveness is not restoration. You can forgive a person who's not the least bit sorry for what they've done. You can forgive them even though you do not trust them. You forgive them even if you think they might hurt you again. Forgiveness does not mean the relationship is restored to what it was before you were hurt. But you can still forgive that person. That's a very tough thing to do. I'll tell you the one thing is trusting in the Lord during all of that. If you're in that situation, trust God. Lean on Him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is very clear. It says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your path. Leaning on Him. Leaning on Jesus. You know, in all of this, too, it's understanding what forgiveness is, how to forgive. There should not be strings attached. But a lot of times we do that. You'll get dessert if you do this. Or if you clean your room, uh, all right, we have strings attached to certain things. There are no strings attached to the word forgiveness. <clears throat> In plain English, forgiveness means we give up feelings of resentment against another person. We renounce anger against another person. We refrain from imposing punishment on somebody who's offended us. We do not demand satisfaction. That is how God has defended us. Take a brief second and step back at the 10,000 foot view and look at the Old Testament sometimes. Give us a king. Give us a king. Well, prior to that, what was it? We want to be free. We want to be free. God frees them from this horrible time in, in, in Egypt. And all of a sudden, I wish we were back in Egypt. I want to go back to making bricks. Or the, the I'll modernize that for those parents in the room. Are we there yet? Right? So God gives them sweet bread from heaven. God gives them cold water from a rock. And it, again, they're in a desert. Really? More of this tomorrow? You get my point with this. It's like a tennis match in the Old Testament. Once they had kings, there were good kings, there were bad kings, there were back and forth and back and forth. And our God is an extremely patient God. And we learn that. But we have to kind of model our forgiveness after God's forgiveness. That's a very difficult thing for us to do. Um, the pastor finished his message, and from the pulpit, he actually asked, um, he wanted to see if his congregation understood his sermon. Can anyone tell me what you must do to obtain forgiveness of sin? The back of the room, a little boy goes up and goes, You have to sin. So you have to sin to get forgiveness of it. So. In all of this, it's kind of an interesting situation. Jesus kept calling, telling these guys, forgive, forgive, forgive. Who's our brother? Jesus did not spell it out for us. He tends for us to forgive others as he has forgiven us. In the original, Pastor Russell in a few weeks is going to start preaching from the Holman, or what's today, I think it's called CSB, um, Southern, uh, Southern Baptist uh, Translation back in the day. Mark 11, 25, I love the wording here. Whenever you pray... If you have anything against anyone, forgive them. So your Father in heaven will also forgive you for your wrongdoing. Apparently God's willingness and ability to forgive us is limited by our unwillingness to forgive others. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing that when we pray a lot of times we have this set prayer. A lot of times we forget to forgive. And in Colossians 3.12 it goes on to say, Therefore as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, Put on compassion, 
kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Here's the verse we all know. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, you are also to forgive. Paul did not say specifically who to forgive. Who were the enemies of, of the people at the time? Rome? The people that they considered Gentiles or outside the faith? You know, guys, as Christians, a lot of times we do that, and it's a very bad thing for us to do. It's good that we come together, it's good that we fellowship and celebrate, but we don't need to keep other people on the outside. <clears throat> and by doing that, it's maybe not accepting some of the things that they do, obviously, but you need to love that person. If they do you wrong, forgive that person. A lot of times people will drive past a church or refuse to go to a church because something happened to them in a church or with somebody who was supposed to be a Christian. It's the love of Christ. It's a very difficult thing for us to live every single day, but it's the letting go of our of our, uh, of our revenge and the things we, we want to do against these people. You know, if God dismisses or lets go of our offense behavior towards him, we need to do that to other people. You truly believe that your God is a forgiving God and you can go to God at any time and ask for forgiveness for any reason, then you have to expect that if someone comes to you and says, hey, I am so sorry. I know what I did was wrong. Please forgive me. I guess. Ooh, wrong answer. Let me pray about it. Another wrong answer. You have the opportunity with somebody in front of you who is asking for forgiveness. You know, Absolutely. And while we're here, do you want to know more about the love of God? Do you want to know more about why I can forgive you? Because I am forgiven? If you're not forgiven, if you don't know God as your Savior, it's very hard to do that. <clears throat> and so, here's the other part. Now, in, the, in the Old Testament, the book of Amos, forgive repeatedly. The Jews were under a misunderstanding. At the time of Jesus' honor, Peter comes to Jesus and asks that question, how many times should I forgive? Well, that's based on the book of Amos. I didn't put it up there because there's several scriptures, but it basically says, in one, chapter 1, Amos repeatedly uses the formula. Lord says, for three sins of Damascus, for three sins of Gaza, for three sins of Tyre, for three sins of all these other cities. The rabbi then taught that God only forgives three, God will not forgive more than three times. Think about that. How many times do we do the same thing, the same wrong thing, the same bad thing? If you drink, okay, I'm good if I don't drink more than three times. If I sin this way, if I sin that way. So they were, they were wrongly teaching the people in the synagogue that God limits his forgiveness. Think about that for a minute. If God limits his forgiveness, then why Jesus? Why does he need to send his one and only son? But the sense of all. He gave them a chance. I gave them a set of rules. They didn't follow those. I gave them a king. That didn't work out so well. I gave them prophets. But he had a plan from the very beginning to restore us back to him. Because you do realize at the very beginning, Adam and Eve were in the presence of God. It says God walked with them. From the time they left the garden through today, we are born separate from God. 
with a path back to God only through Christ Jesus. So, <clears throat> in Scripture, there's several translations. Uh, we forget when we don't feel like it. But Peter got an extra mile when Peter walked up and said, Should I forgive this guy seven times? Jesus surprised him, not seven times, but 77 times. There's different translations of the Bible. But Jesus is trying to get across the same point. Is it 490 times? Which those of you who have mapped would know that that's 70 times 7. Or is it 77 times? Well, very simply, Jesus says, keep forgiving. I didn't stop forgiving you. There's not a timeline. Okay, that's right. You came to the throne for forgiveness. But uh, you got two years. After that two years, you got to come back again. You know, I, I used to work with a man who was saved and baptized and grew up in the Baptist church and married into a Catholic with his, with his wife. And we would have really deep conversations about the Word of God. And one of the things I always remember him saying is, it's so different here with confession and all these other things because they truly feel that you can't just confess your sins to a holy God. Even though the Bible tells us that at any time we can talk to him. Timothy, it talks about there's only one mediator between God and man, and it's not a priest. It's his son, Jesus. And so not slamming anything about the Catholic Church, but he said, I just can't get around it. So he said, I asked my priest, and here was the question. He goes, so if this person is full of sin, and they die on the way to confession, and so he got into this big, this deep discussion on purgatory and doing this, and guys, I will keep it as simple as humanly possible for you. If you ask forgiveness of a holy God with your heart, he will forgive you. There's no strings. There's no stipulations. There's nothing that says, if you do this, if you serve me the rest of your life, guess where that comes from? That's the human side. You've seen the guy hanging off the edge of the cliff. You see the guy, he knows he's going to die. You get me out of here, God, I'll serve you forever. There was an episode of MASH that we watched not too long ago. And this poor soldier who'd been back, and he'd been back again, was there with Father Mulcahy. And he goes, you know, I was in a situation, all the people around me died. I knew I was dead. And when I woke up in the foxhole, I was the only one alive, but I promised God I'd serve him. And he asked Father Mulcahy, he goes, so do I have to keep that promise? And he goes, if everybody kept the promises, there would be no one to fight the war and everybody would be wearing the collar. His point being, we're the ones that reach out. God, if you do this, I will do this. On the other direction from God to you, there is nothing. You ask forgiveness, it's gone. What sin? Question mark. So, how do you forgive a person multiple times? How do you have that person who keeps hurting you in your family, in your job? We're not talking road rage occasionally. We're talking somebody who constantly makes it their life's mission to get your goat. And all they do is push the buttons and every cliche known to man. What do you do? Again, we're supposed to forget it. But keep forgiving. Remind them that, you know what, I'm forgiving you. And I'm not saying that you got to do this if there's forgiveness. My point is very, very simple. Like the God who forgave me, I can forgive you. 
Max Licato wrote this, Forgiveness is unlocking the door to set someone free and realizing that you were the prisoner. Think about that for a minute. Unlocking the door to set someone free and you were the prisoner. Okay, you guys have not seen the movie Unbroken. There's two of them. The second one I would strongly recommend. The second one was done by part of the Billy Graham Association with Louis Zamperini. If you don't know the story about Louis Zamperini, Louis was an amazing man. As a child, he was in trouble a whole lot. He started running away because he was fast. He became a world-class athlete, trained for the 1936 Olympics, which, by the way, were in Berlin. And he didn't want to medal in the 5,000-meter race, but during that race, he set the fastest lap time of anybody that was out there. He got the attention of Hitler, who actually came and met him after the race. Lewis then enlisted when the war started. He trained as a bombardier on a mission in 1943 to find a lost B-24, which is what he was flying in. His plane crashed. There were 11 men on the board on his plane. Eight died. Three left alive. One man died on the raft. The other two men survived for 47 days in a raft in the middle of the ocean. God sent them fish. God sent them albatross and all of these things. The two were then captured by the Japanese and horribly mistreated until the war ended in 1945. Lewis married. <clears throat> he came home. He was a hero. He had two children. But the memories of the torture with a man known as the bird, the one guy who was constantly in front of him, your family doesn't love you, you mean nothing, you are worthless, day in, day out, inside the physical. He had a deep depression. He struggled with alcohol for the longest time, so literally his wife and, and kids, his wife was taking the kids out of the house. Finally, Billy Graham came to L.A. His wife was invited. His wife went one night. She came home, and she's like, Lewis, I was going to leave you, but... You need to come hear this man. You need to come hear this. He went one night, he ran out. He came the second night, and it was as if God was speaking directly to him. <clears throat> God reached his heart. He accepted Christ as his Savior. Later on, he would go on to tell about his testimony, his experience, and he was here with Billy Graham. Well, finally, he realized a dream. The Lord placed on his heart right after he was forgiven, he wanted to go back to Japan to the POW camp he was held at. He was able to forgive the former guards that were there. It's an amazing scene that was redone in the movie. He gave them Bibles and told them why he forgave them, because God had forgiven him. He was never able to connect with the bird. It's all another, another story. But that man just, <clears throat> God has used him to touch so many lives on the path to redemption. He had to learn what forgiveness was so that he could forgive. When he knew that his holy God, was, his wife was there still holding on to him. That's huge, folks. You got somebody battling depression, battling alcoholism, whatever. The first thing you want to do is out of the nest. You have to love that person. Don't take the abuse, obviously. But how, how are they going to see Christ when someone's not there? You know, Jesus looked in our story in Matthew um, when we when I perceived forgiveness. There's two different levels of forgiveness there. The tremendous debt forgiven by the king and the small debt the servant refused to give. The servant had not experienced forgiveness because he didn't know how to forgive. He didn't get forgiveness. Oh, king, 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 please, please, please. I'll pay that off. Don't sell me and my family and everything. 
he didn't mean a word that he said because he turned right around and treated the, the man that owed way less than he did very poorly, had him jailed. It was going to take his family away. You know, the word for forgiveness means to let go, to dismiss. It's like an example of a judge releasing a prisoner. The charges against him were dropped. The king has dismissed the debt of the servant. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Brothers, I do not consider what I have made my own, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind, straying towards what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Don't let the past drag you down. You all see in the Christmas story at one point in time, whether it's the 1930s version up until whoever's done it lately, Jacob Marley walks around with these chains, these are the chains of, life, of what happened to me during life. Don't let the chains of the past drag you down. If you have been forgiven, go on. God lets go of our offense towards Him, and the restoration of sin begins. The restoration from sin begins. You know, sometimes we won't accept things. We don't accept God's forgiveness. In a story in the early 1800s, Andrew Jackson gave a full pardon to a man named George Wilson, a man sentenced to be hanged for his crime. Wilson refused the pardon. Didn't say why. I refused the pardon. So they ended up taking it to the Supreme Court. The justice at the time, John Marshall, said, the value of the pardon depends on its acceptance by the one who was offered the gift. If it is refused, it is therefore no pardon. So they went on ahead and carried out the sentence on this man. Accepting God's forgiveness. The death of Christ is the pardon God sent us. It becomes a pardon. We must accept it in faith and obedience. It's through the cross and only through the cross that we can be saved. Or otherwise the separation of God continues in hell. And then there's a time that we need to be reconciled to God. You know, recently, it's kind of kind of weird, there's a former pastor that we were very close to. We lived in West Plains when he was little. He was a baby. There's no Kirk at all. <clears throat> and out of the blue, we've been connected through Facebook. He sends me this message. Well, we still message each other birthdays and all that fun stuff. He goes, hey, I ran into your old boss, okay, Christian man named Eugene. When I started in the paint business, I had left and right. I had a guy who's like, find it yourself. There was no support in me trying to learn anything. And Eugene's like, hey, you want to learn how to take apart a sprayer and fix it? If you ever manage your own store, here's the thing. He was encouraging beyond belief. So I was able to reconnect with the man. In other words, reconciled in a way to him after all these years. Renewing friendships. In his book, What's So Amazing About Grace, Philip Yancey tells the story of a man and a wife got into a heated argument about how supper was cooked. It was so heated that they began sleeping in separate bedrooms. And so every night, they were waiting for the other to say, I'm sorry. Waiting for the other to say, you know what, I forgive you. Neither ever did they remain in separate rooms until the day they died. Not forgiven. Two people who desperately want reconciliation but can't exercise the will necessary to bring it about. That happens a lot. I'm sorry. God wants us to be friends with all of humankind. God has forgiven us and wants forgiveness so we can be friends. What I mean by friendship is you see something that needs to be done with a neighbor or you 
have the opportunity to talk to someone, obviously talk to them about Christ, but it's through your actions that they see who you really are. You know, Marla goes to work at 7 at Sam's, and I honestly believe that the place is, it, it will fall apart the day she's not there. There's, there's days that she walks in there with one other guy, and they don't have help till 12.30. So from 7 to 12.30, it's the two of them. Expected to run the cafe, make 140 pizzas, all the hot dogs, all the other stuff. They value her. And I'm not saying the other people aren't important here. But show the value of yourself and what you do. But also show the value of yourself in forgiveness to that person if they wrong you. You know, reconciling is amazing. And Second Corinthians five eighteen says, "Everything is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself, and He gave us the ministry of reconciliation." In Christ, God was reconciled to the world through Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us to keep the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might be the righteousness of God. We forget a lot of times that Jesus became the sin for us in the sacrifice on the cross. One of the hardest things for us to do is to forgive each other. And as I mentioned in the earlier story, the lady who forgave the man who killed her son, young man. What do you do when you realize you've messed up? How do you stabilize your life when you experience more ups and downs than the stock market? Where do you go when you fail? Where do you turn when you hurt those closest to you? Do you grab the rope, hitch it to your sin pile, and start dragging, or is there something better? Talking about an amazing story, South Africa in uh, this courthouse. Philip Yancey would write in Rumors of Another World. Um, in apartheid in South Africa is one of the most horrible things that ever happened in, in human history. This policeman kept coming back. He killed the 18-year-old son of this lady. He would come back later to kill her husband. He would come back and try to arrest her. And all this time, I mean, this, this it gets into very details of what he did, but the bottom line is he was getting tried and he was going to face judgment for it. And the judge said, well, what do you want from this man? She said, I want three things from him. They burned my husband's body. I want to be taken to where they burned his body so I can get dust so we can give him a proper funeral. Um, twice a month, I want him to come to the ghetto where I live and spend a day with me so I can be a mother to him. And thirdly, I would like him to know that he is forgiven by God and that I forgive him too. I would like to embrace him so I know my forgiveness is real. The man fainted at all of this, overwhelmed with the forgiveness that this lady was willing to give him because God had showed her that no matter how much loss you have, you still have the ability to forgive. How hurt you are. Show me how to love the unlovable. Show me how to reach the unreachable. Help me not to do the impossible forgiveness. I want to finally set it free. Show me how to see what your mercy sees. Help me now to give what you gave to me forgiveness. You know, it's, it's an amazing thing that a holy God has for us. If we can understand God's forgiveness, we can be more forgiving ourselves. So 
but we got to get it first. We got to realize that it's not all these other things. Forgiving ourselves, being reconciled to God. If, we're, if, we're, if you're apart from God, I, I love the, the preacher that shared years ago. It can be a thousand steps away from God, a thousand miles to whatever you want, but it's one step back. Because he's there and he's waiting. He loves you. If you're apart from God today and you need to, to rededicate your life, the altar will be open. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, I'll be down front. I'll be happy to pray with you. There's other um, people in the church that can help as well if I'm with someone. And bottom line is this. We are family here at Bass. I want to tell you, beyond any church that we've served in, we absolutely love the family that we have here and leaning on each other and supporting each other. So continue to keep Russell and Heather prayers in travel. Continue to keep Dan and Julie, and, and Julie's going through some things again. Remember them, and above all else, remember each other in prayer. Lift one another up, and just love on each other. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Stephen to come forward for the invitation today, which is uh, basically, bless the Lord, all my soul, and I'll be down front.